Hola mis lobos, bienvenidos. Welcome, my name is Jasmine Wolf and you are listening to Talking in Latina, the podcast where we talk about the latest chisme, escándalos, and opening up to expanding your city directory. So sit back while you're either going all the way up to Polito, hanging out at the beach in Vespucci, going on a hike up Mount Chiliad, or just the comfort of your home, wherever that may be in Latina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to officially, officially the first episode of Talking in Latina. As you guys know, my name is Jasmine Wolf, and I am accompanied by one of my close friends, Miss Bex Lawson. Hi. Hello. I am so delighted to be here. I'm so excited. I, you know, Bex Lawson and I have been talking about this project for a couple weeks now, and I feel like you're one of the first people that actually brought this idea to because I just wanted to get your opinion. You know, Bex and I kind of go back a little bit in the way that she was one of the first people that actually helped me in the city. And, you know, why not have her be the first person that I kind of talked to in this podcast? Well, I'm like honored to be here because I love the idea for this podcast. Like, I am a huge podcast person. Um, and I love the idea of having one for Los Santos because, like, it's wild, everything that goes down in this city. Someone's got to be talking about it. Exactly. Someone has to be talking about it. Not only that, but there are so many people in our city that, you know, you're never going to actually have the time to meet everybody. So I feel like this is definitely a great way to kind of step out of your comfort zone, meet people, meet businesses, events that are coming up, and kind of just seeing what's actually out there, you know? I feel like, for me, I would say, you know, I'm usually always stuck in, like, the Rockford Hills area, you know, because that's where my apartment is. I work at Benefactors, you know, I do outside things, but I'm usually either at the beach or Rockford Hills. Like, that's where I'm always at. And, you know, I never get to really expand to, like, Polito or Sandy Shores or even Grove Street, you know? So it's just kind of, I feel like this was, like, a very great way to kind of bring people in, get to meet people from all over the city, and then expand your directory. Absolutely. And, like, honestly, you're probably the best person to do this Aww. project because like you are so good at talking to people i'm always like a little bit awkward it takes me a little bit to open up you're just an open book i love it <laughs> i'm just like just talking and talking and talking people are gonna be like jasmine just shut up for a little bit and i'll be like okay i'm sorry i'll sit back all right hey, it's a talent to be able to always be able to carry a conversation i i don't know i love it i feel like I feel like with me, it's just kind of like, I just have, I'm just an open book, you know, like, I'm just very forefront. So it's just kind of like, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? Someone can either just be like, oh, no, or like, don't talk to me. And I'll be like, okay, moving on. Like, it is what it is. If you don't like it, if you like it, if you don't, then, you know, so be it. I love it. That is such a girl boss attitude. I fucking love it. It is just doing Latina things. <laughs> All right, so, you know, just go ahead and tell the world, the mundo, who is Bex Lawson? Why, why are you in Los Santos? Okay, so this is something you may not, a lot of people may not know about me. I started out on TikTok. Uh, you know, it was musically back then, and I think I dabbled a little bit in Vine. But yeah, I went viral on TikTok, and I just sort of took off from there uh, when I was like 16. Uh, I ended up doing like a tour around China. I made you know, tons of oh, merch wow. deals, brand deals, like, it was ridiculous. It was a very, very strange experience. You know, I ended up buying a home for my family, traveling the world. Um, 
and just sort of like living this this wild celebrity life for a few years but it's a really weird kind of celebrity because there's a level of fame that i think is like my personal circle of hell which is when you are not really like famous enough to get a seat at a restaurant or like you know any tangible benefit yeah but you are famous enough that some guy might like take a picture of you at 3 a.m getting k you know burger shot you know sometimes i think about it and i feel like you're you're like the perfect person to ask because you know you talk about like feeling like you know you're always being watched in some way somehow how do you like how do you manage your personal life like outside of that you know fame yeah uh that's a great question and it's something i really learned after coming to los santos because i i did a lot of stuff i went you know i i backpacked around europe a little i did some modeling um i did some ad work and i just decided you know like i don't really like this you know uh if i have money in my account it just sits there it's not going anywhere I'm not really meeting people who I, who I, who I vibe with, you know, like the modeling industry and social media, it's so um, toxic and it's so competitive. So I was like, I need a break. So I came to Los Santos and uh, I kind of met up with a really good friend of mine and my non-biological brother, Jericho, and we went down to the Del Perro Pier. And, you know, I just drew portraits for people for like a hundred bucks and he washed my back. And like, that's how I got started in this city. And like, it was very humbling because, you know, I, I've been famous in like North Yankton and TikTok, but that's yes. not the, that's really nothing for like, compared to like Vinewood fame. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the stars, the glamour, the, the traditional sort of a uh, Hollywood life, like to that being big on TikTok is, is kind of a punchline. So I had to start over and I had to sort of like recapture uh, fame. And I think that was an awesome experience for me to be like, whoa, okay, starting from starting from scratch, who is the new Bex Lawson? Yeah, and, and with that being said, kind of like coming into Los Santos, did you anticipate, were you afraid of like the fame going through? Or did you kind of feel like, you know what, this is a brand new start for me. Let me start from scratch and see how it goes. You know, I have no idea because when I took off on TikTok, it was like 16. So I ended up getting my GED. I did some uh, college, but it was like, it, it wasn't really a serious aspiration for me. So I didn't live much of a normal life. And so starting off in LS, I was mostly just preoccupied with like living a normal person's uh, life. Yeah. Like, you know, I lived in a motel um, down by Del Piero, and I would just go for a run in the mornings and like just the super simple life to just go do yoga down by the pier, but for hours. Um, I sold hot dogs. Uh, I just did like a little bit of everything. And it was super refreshing to just be like, not even thinking about fame. Be like, what am I going to do today? I'm gonna, I want to do something fun and new and fresh. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll go uh, sell hot dogs. Why not? Yes, I love the fact that you said like new and fresh because I feel like that was the same with me, you know. So I was born in Mexico, but then I moved to the countryside. So I basically lived in the countryside. And so coming from somewhere where, you know, houses are miles apart to 
the state of life where <laughs> houses are like feet apart it was very very different for me and it was kind of like a big culture shock and so it was kind of like that new fresh feel so it's just kind of like opening yourself up to different you know different experiences and other opportunities and i feel like that's one of the things that i definitely picked up at like within the first couple of days and i feel like another thing as well though is that because you know me going back from the countryside it was just kind of like we have to know everybody like we knew everybody whereas when i stepped into los santos and i came into the city it was just kind of like there were so many people that i didn't even know where to start but i feel like once the opportunities started coming and you know things changed for for the better yeah absolutely and i think part of it too is like a lot of us who immigrate into the city we see the vinewood and the like lsf movies and tv and like vinewood as a cultural export right i grew up in north yankton which is very different yeah. from where you grew up but it's also very different from ls like we had one road in my town and <laughs> like <laughs> oh we had a God. mall we had a mall and we had like two coffee shops and yeah. that was that was a big deal getting a second coffee shop so being in LS was like, oh my god, this is like where dreams come true. This is like you you expect what you see in the movies, and then you get there here, and you're like, oh, everyone's just a person. Yeah, everybody's just a person, and and I'm like, I totally agree with that. Like, even even in back in the countryside, you know, the cow was my therapist, Miss Betty. You know, Miss Betty was my therapist. I would go to Miss Betty, and I'll just be like, Betty, listen, this is my situation. But then here I'm, Los Santos, they're just like, would you like to see a therapist? And I'm like wait they actually exist you know like we have a very uh, therapeutic process you just yes. come here once a week and someone listens to your problems and you're like, like wow and people respond you know betty i just assume what what she wanted to tell me you know mm -hmm. so one of the segments and talking about you know that i um you know like to talk or bring up is called el chisme del dia or also known as the gossip of the day and so today I brought a special topic that I would like to bring up, and I feel like it's hitting everybody, people who have invested, but what are your current thoughts about the crypto? Oh my goodness, um, this is going to be a little, kind of a little bit of a spicy take here. Um, I don't like crypto. Um, you don't? And there are a couple, oh, I don't. Interesting. There are, there are a couple of reasons for it, which is one, um, I'm bad at it. Like in general, I'm just not good at it. Um, I think I put money in crypto for like 30 seconds once. And then I was just like, ah, ah, I got nervous. Like I had to pull it out. And that was it's good that I did because this was before the drop. Yes. But um, I think for me, what a big part of it is I'm not patient enough for it. Like I get the ideas you buy in now when it's super low and in six months you bought you get off it but i'm like i don't have you know enough money where i can just throw it into something i'm like spending i'm i'm tipping i'm you know what i mean i like to, i like to spend my money i don't like it sitting there and that's another reason why i don't like crypto it's, it's a little too it kind of strangles the economy you know at a time like this no one wants to tip everyone's trying to get everything they can in the crypto that's what i feel like i feel like okay so the first time that i invested in crypto I will be honest, at first I didn't know what the heck everybody was talking about because they were just like, crypto this, crypto that. Oh, hold on, let me pull from crypto. Oh, let me, find, I'm going to finance a car from you, but hold on, let me go pull, go pull from crypto. And I was just kind of like, okay, what is this crypto? And so someone explained to me like the process of it, of putting in your money and just watching it either grow or sink. And I was just like, okay, 
so I actually invested in crypto for a little bit. And this was when crypto was like around 400, 500. And then it went up to 800 and people were like, oh, you know, just wait, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And I'm like, okay. And then it tanked and I didn't pull. So I'm currently in the negatives for crypto, but everybody I feel like is essentially right now in the dip. But here's the yeah, thing. See, I have, I have seen crypto at like, not 2k, I don't think, but it was above 1k at one point for sure. Um, I don't follow that closely. So like, I think that's the trick. You either need to be like, checking in on it. So like, you need to be monitoring it with spreadsheets. You need to have like an abacus and like a team of scientists from Harvard there with you every day. Or you gotta like, just do really, really basic, buy low, sell high, which yes. is not super revolutionary advice on my part. But here's the thing also, and some of the things that I have noticed is that if crypto goes down like $20, $30, people go ahead and just buy more. And so I feel like maybe the reason why it's tanking is because so many people are buying that by the end of it, if they, for example, increase it from, what is it right now, like 350 something, I feel like if they increase it all the way to 800, then the economy can be inflated, you know, or there can be more, you know, success. Because here's the other thing. I feel like what you see in crypto reflects to the economy in the city. Because like me working at Benefactor, I still see sales, but I don't see as many as before. And so I actually wonder if, other businesses are actually having trouble because of this sudden fluctuation in crypto. Oh, definitely. Like I talk to people in the city all the time, you know, it's part of my job and you know, no one is tipping as far as I can. I, you know, I try to tip when I go out. If I, if I'm grabbing drinks or grabbing a cab, I thought like it may be a grand out because I have my apartment, I have my car, I have very limited expenses. Otherwise I like to, I like, I like to splash out. I don't like having money sitting in my account doing that. Yeah, exactly. When it could be, yeah, yeah. But like a lot of people are just like, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I could give you a grant or I could pick up three more crypto. And in six months, I'll be a millionaire. And part of me is like, I get it. Like you want, you know, the man, you want a mansion, you want a, a, a supercar, you want to keep up with the grind. But on the other hand, like, man, it's so joyless to have to just sit and watch your crypto like a dragon walking its hard. Like, I love, you know what I mean? I get joy out of spending. I don't get joy out of just keeping it. Yeah, exactly. And that's like one of the things that I definitely have seen is that people have had to pull from crypto in order to buy stuff. So, <clears throat> for example, um, there was this one time, I don't remember their name and I'm not going to say their name or anything, but um, I was working at Benefactor. This guy came up. He was like, I really like this car. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I can show you the financing. He sat down with me. I pulled the paperwork, showed him how much it cost, and he was like, you know what? I want to go ahead and do this, but first, I'm going to have to pull out from crypto. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, well, aren't you losing? And he was like, yeah, but I actually want to buy stuff. And I'm just like, well, I was like, then think about it. You know, like you're essentially putting in money into crypto, but then you're losing because you have no choice but to pull. And I feel like that's one of the things that a lot of people have been doing recently is they feel like it's not going to grow as much anymore. So they've been pulling out. So essentially, it's kind of like a lot of people are losing money. With crypto, it's it's an endurance race. Like the people who bought in this low, 
Um, yeah. If this is your first time sort of watching the crypto cycle, like I've seen it because I've been in the city like five, six months. I think what you'll find is like this is a common cycle and this is a real painful part of the cycle. So I think in like six, eight months, you will see people, well, that might be a little extreme, like maybe closer to three or four, but you'll see people be like, I want big on crypto. And those are the people who lasted. You know what I mean? They tightened their belts. Yeah. They didn't buy a, a car or a house now. And what they're doing is they're like locked in a battle of will with everyone else in the city who bought into crypto. And every time someone's like, I want that car, uh, yeah, yes. well, you know, pull out some crypto. You know, those people are like, yes. It's, I feel like it's kind of like a give or take or to, of temptation, you know? It's like, do you want luxury now? Or would you rather build your economy or build your wallet for a better future later? It's just kind of like that balance back and forth. Like, would you rather drive that five, six thousand dollar car, or would you rather, you know, be in that one hundred and twenty thousand, three hundred thousand vehicle now, or wait until later? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at right now. Where I have my coil Voltic, and I love it. Like, it's my baby. Um, I, you know, sometimes I go and just paint, get her painted, just for fun. And like, I don't need a car. I got my Voltec. I'm very happy. You know, maybe one day I'll get that itch again. I'll be like, ah, oh, this car is so pretty. Uh, but for now, I'm really happy just having my, uh, having my one little, my one ride. Yeah. And I feel like that's another thing as well. It's just kind of like, you know, they're, they're spending for, you know, what they want now and, you know, not really looking into maybe later on. And so, and which is perfectly fine because it's kind of like I said, like either you spend it now or you wait for it to grow, if even if it grows, you know, because maybe we might hit three, four months and it's still in the dumps, you know, we really, we really don't know. And that's, I feel like that's the scary thing about crypto is the fact that you're kind of investing into a game of unknown, a game. It's either, like I said, sink or you fly high and you know, exceed what you originally wanted. But I will say, one of the theories that I've been hearing is that one of the reasons potentially why crypto may have gone low was because of the current election that just finished. What are your thoughts on that? I genuinely don't know. I mean, like, I'm sure there's all sorts of economic factors. I mean, uh, elections are very much like, historically, yeah, that, that can affect uh, the economy. It's a pretty big deal, um, especially when you have uh, multiple things dovetailing at once, right? Like Los Santos is a big city, you've got lots of moving parts. So there's an election going on. Um, there are, you know, uh, incidents that like MRPD are dealing with, with specific things in the city, like there are serial killers yeah. around and that's definitely not good for the economy. Cause like no one wants to go out and spend money. <laughs> Uh, yes, if there's exactly. like a bunch of maniacs running around, uh, so I can't really say, but it's, it's a really interesting topic and I love to sort of, whenever I get the chance to speak to an expert about it and pick their brain. Exactly. It's just kind of like, I feel like there's multiple things that our people are coming up with, not to have excuses as to like, oh, this is a reason, but just kind of like, this is what potentially is contributing to the reason why crypto is so low right now. And it's just kind of like... You know, it's it, and it's not like a just big dip. This it was it was kind of steady, like you saw it in the five hundreds and easily four hundreds, and it's been it's been in the three hundreds for a little while now. So I I'm kind of interested to see if it if it increases here soon, and if so, 
I wonder how many people they're going to pull out as soon as they can. I do think as soon as you see that first rise to say 700, uh, 800, you know, you're going to see just a massive economy boost. Everyone's going to be like, you know what I mean? You buy your supercar, then you're like, hey, keep the change on this and that. Like, mm -hmm. people get generous, and I think that's going to be great. Uh, so hopefully it's sooner rather than later, because yeah. I know a lot of people are hurting out there. Good for them, better for me at Benefactors. Don't forget, you guys, check out those nice cars by me. Anyways, <laughs> so I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. I, I know I pulled it up a little bit, but I kind of want to bring it back. Election. We just finished our election, and you have successfully been announced to be representative again. So I want yeah. to say congratulations. Thank you. I am so excited to get back to work. I love it. Like, honestly, I did not expect to love it as much as I would did, but yeah. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm here for it. So, so why did you choose to be state representative the first time? It, it was really sort of a, a, a spark decision. This was, um, there was a snap election called because unfortunately the death of Representative Lee, um, and at this time the legislative branch was expanding. So yeah. it would be three candidates. And I looked at sort of who was running and what I had done in the city so far, sort of, you know, what my skill set was. And I was like, you know what? I think I would be good at this because I think politics is very much like it's people say it's like a path to power or a path to prestige, but it tends to be a lot of work. Like if you're governing well, it's a lot of paperwork, it's a lot of dotted I's, it's a lot of cross T's. And I just find that really fascinating. I love being in the uh, with the people of Los Santos. And the idea that I sort of have like the ability to take that viewpoint of, you know, seeing all these businesses, seeing all these people succeed and be able to help them and sort of, you know, be uh, a force for them up in like the, the government is super cool. And I, I love having that honor. And I'm really, really happy that, uh, you know, I will get to serve again, I think, Everyone who got voted in is brilliant. You know, I wish all I wish uh, all of the candidates could have made it because I, I'm really excited to hear these ideas and get to work with everyone. I think this is going to be a really good uh, Congress. Yeah, I actually one of the things definitely is I did feel like you were like a great candidate for for this uh, just because of the way that you are. You know, I feel like we're similar in the fact that we're very proactive and very you know willing to you know, put her foot forward, you know, and I feel like that's probably something that the city needs. And now question, when you ran the first time, um, I feel like I was, I wasn't, I was around, but it was, it was still kind of, I was out of the mix or out of the loop of that. But I know that you have clout and that's originally where we met. Um, did you use clout kind of as a way to show your potential? Oh, absolutely. So for the people who aren't aware, because it has been a hot minute since we put out an issue, yeah. uh, Clout is a fashion brand. We put out the first print magazine in Los Santos, uh, which you can actually download right now at a printer. You can print it out. You can look at it on your phone. You can you look at it on the go, take it on the subway. Like, it's portable. You can take it anywhere, which is great, and look at it whenever you like in your eyes, but you should, because I put a lot of work into it. Um, yes, definitely so, check it out, because I have seen it myself, and it's really good. It's really good, guys. You guys need to see it. 
So Clout uh, is, is sort of a, a great way for me to do things in the city. You know, I did the magazine. I did a cocktail party, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was like this great networking event at the Museum of Modern Art. We did prizes for best dressed and like it was this really good sort of social event and networking event for the city. Um, and of course, there was Kraken's Cove, which is uh, the show I executive produced and host, which is like Los Santos uh, version of Shark Tank. So I had those sort of private industry successes. And something I had seen from my work in those fields is that communication is really hard. And it's a skill that a lot of people in, in leadership positions just didn't have. Not that they're like incompetent, it's just they don't have that specific skill set. Um, a lot of people don't. It's very, uh, you know, you're never really taught empathy the same way you are like business acumen or critical thinking. Um, and a lot of, for so a lot of people, they talk past each other or they just don't sit down or they don't, you know, uh, herd cats effectively. And I just saw a position where like, I feel like I could do this really well. And uh, I had, that's, that's been my role so far is just being the person who herds cats yes. and <laughs> brings a voice to the table, which I'm really proud of my work so far. Yes. And I, I love that about you because I feel like from the little moment from when I, I even talked to you and I mean, even then you gave me an opportunity and you gave me a chance to, you know, expand my, I would say resume um you know hiring me on instacloud but it's just kind of like the way that kraken's cove happened i mean i wasn't there but i did see the the footage and i feel like it was probably one of the best things i've ever seen at like in my life for los santos because it kind of brought up people to come bring up their business or their idea and see what other people think because i feel like that's one of the things that a lot of people have fear in whenever they want to start a business you know or an event or want to do something is that fear of failing and you know i feel like that's something with me as well it's just with this podcast it's just kind of like that fear but it's just kind of like i feel like one of the things is with clout you have given that opportunity to people which is kind of like again it kind of coincides with that state representative is just giving the people the opportunity and you know being there for them and when you know they feel like maybe they're not receiving as much support as they as they want or as they need i really appreciate hearing that because like that is really what i'm trying to do and like i know that sounds really corny but i mean i've already won the election so i can i don't have to campaign anymore. yeah but uh like for me a big part of it is just like a cop will call me after their shift and they'll be like hey can you take a look at this law and they're frustrated they had to let someone go that they thought you know shouldn't be you know for the safety of the public or they're discouraged and they feel like they don't have an ally in the legislative branch and for me i just really get contentment out of being like yeah i got i got your back man we're gonna talk about this um i think like just that simple validation and simple understanding can be so huge and so important and i'm really i'm really happy to be able to serve that role and it's also like, I'm, I love to enable people. Like, and there is no one person in the city who has like built Los Santos. It's impossible. Like everything is a collaboration and I love collaborating and sort of helping people, you know, with their own ideas because ideas are cheap, right? But execution, that's, that's tough. And sometimes you need a team with you. 
and I think that's great. Yeah, I feel like teamwork is definitely one thing that a lot of people tend to need, and and, and sometimes they might not even realize it. Like for me, I I remember when I when I just said like I want to do a podcast, and I mean I've been wanting to do a podcast forever, you know. And I feel like you know this was the opportunity, and you know it wasn't something that you know I just said I'm going to do a podcast and I did it myself. Like I had to actually work a little hard <laughs> to get those connections and get those resources and you know asking for ideas asking for you know opinions um like for example i i did go to cnt at one point and they asked me a bunch of questions like what is your idea what are you expecting all this and that and it was a little intimidating but it was just kind of like you know sometimes you just need that extra support and that extra opinion to solid like solidify your idea because you know, if I would have just said, I'm just going to do a podcast, it may not have been executed as well as I would have intended or hoped. And so I feel like that's maybe one of the things that people who want to either make a business or make an event, uh, they, they really need to realize that maybe sometimes just getting that extra opinion or that extra professional, you know, help can really boost and make everything better. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love, like, the fact that this isn't a competition for so many of us in Los Angeles. Like, like when we see like, creatives like us and, and people, you know, podcasters, artists, uh, musicians, all of the people in the city, I love how people are willing to come together. Because it's really, it's really about community. Like, no one can do this all on their own. And so being humble and being like, you know, I need other people to get ahead and uh, I can't do everything. And that's fine. Um, you know, a, a piece of advice I love to give to people who are just starting out with creative endeavors is the perfect is the enemy of the good, which is like, sometimes you just got to jam it out and it's not exactly what you wanted. Maybe you had to compromise on a thing or two, but like you, you did it and it's a concrete, tangible thing that exists in the world. And that's awesome. Um, whereas a perfect version will probably just exist in your head being perfect. But, uh. That's a little tougher for the rest of us to see. Yes, it's kind of like having that perfect vision, but you also need to execute that vision in order for you to make sure that it is successful. And I feel like that's one thing that I feel like with with working with professional, you know, professionals or, you know, getting other opinions or executing it differently where a lot of people have found success in. And so I feel like with people who are either new to the city or coming to the city or are starting to come up with ideas for a business or anything like that, I feel like it's very important to, um, you know, be able to receive that, that critique and solidify and not make it better, you know, kind of like I said before. And so it's just kind of like that big, big area of, you know, with what what's next, you know, um, not just next between you or I, but what's next for the city also. And, and Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, it's fascinating to me, too, because, like, what's next for the city? I don't even know. Like, you mentioned, like, oh, Kraken's Cove is the best thing I've seen. But I'm just thinking all the people who are there or watch the footage, and they are like, that's the best thing I've ever seen, but I thought I could do it better. Or that even, you're like, I didn't like that at all. I would do X, Y, and Z. And they're inspired by seeing it in action, and they do their own version. That's awesome. I'm so excited to see that. Like, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's that's another thing I was going to say is, like, the spark of new ideas, you know? And it's just kind of like, 
and and not only that, but people who are intimidated to even open up or express their idea, you know, because it's just kind of like again that feeling like, what if I'm not good enough? What if it? What if this idea right here right now is not? Uh, it's not going to be successful. But once they start seeing other things like, you know, Kraken's Cove, uh, we saw Cash Cab for a little bit from La Familia, you know, people come up with these ideas and they're just like, you know what, maybe it can happen. You know, that festival that we had at the golf course not that long ago, you know. You know oh, was, I loved that. Was that was so much was, fun. You know, it was very enjoyable. You know, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't get to spend much time there. But, you know, the little time that I spent, I just thought about it. I'm just like, wow. This person came up with this idea. They executed it very well. And people from the city are coming around, you know, from all everywhere. Polito, Sandy, like I said, Grove Street, you know, Southside, Eastside, you know. And they're coming to this event, coming together as one and enjoying something that literally came from one idea, you know. There's, yeah. Um, and like a lot of people are like, oh, but mine wouldn't be that good. And there's this comic I absolutely love. And it's a comic where there's this guy saying, it's, the first panel says, the artist. And it's a guy putting his cake down on a table. And it's his homemade cake next to, like, a really fancy, multi-tier, you know, much fancier-looking cake. And he's going, like, oh, someone already brought a cake. I look like an idiot. And then the second panel is just someone coming up and being like, holy shit, two cakes! And they're just so <laughs> happy. They're like, yes. that's all they care about. They're like, two cakes! And to me, that is so inspiring because, like, you're always going to be your own harshest critic. And then, like, everyone hears that, but to actually understand it, I think it's a little, like, it's harder to sort of internalize it. Yes, exactly. And the other thing is that it's not just two cakes, but they're two different types of cakes, you know? And that's what makes people and things unique is just that everyone's always going to have a spin on their own thing. Absolutely. You have your own cake. Exactly. All right. So, you know, kind of coming coming back together, you know, what is next for you? As state representative, once again, having clout, all these, you know, different things are happening to you. You know, what is next for Miss Bex Lawson? Well, I am excited to say I will hopefully be working on clout more. Um, I really reared off during my first state rep run because, you know, obviously conflicts of interest is a very real thing and clout is meant to be yeah. a brand that can explore like news and, and culture in a way that I just wanted to be very careful with that. But now that I'm more comfortable as a state rep, I really want to continue, you know, arts and fashion coverage and culture stuff. That's a really unique, fresh take on the city. You know, I work with some really talented people, yourself included. Oh, and I'm really you. excited to see like sort of what the next chapter of cloud is. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm also serving as press secretary. So uh, I will be speaking with sort of a, you know, the major news outlets and getting the government's message out there. And I love the work that me and my colleagues are doing. Um, so I'm going to be super happy to sort of share with everyone and be like, yay, we got this done. Or, oh, we're trying to, we're, good, we're doing this for you. Because we really do work hard. And like, uh, I think we're all pretty passionate about our jobs. Yes. And that's what's exciting is kind of just what is to come and what you've previously experienced in your first run to how it's going to develop develop into your second run and it's just kind of like it's going to be very interesting to see that kind of side of you because we're going to be able to see kind of what has changed from the first to the second you know term yeah it's definitely 
like the first cloud already feels like a time capsule. I went back to it. I'm like, yeah, this was this was uh early Bex, but we're we're heading into Act Two, Chapter Two, Bex, and that's very exciting. I can't wait to see where it goes. Yes, and I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Uh, kind of talking, you know, a little bit more short term. What can we expect from you in the next couple of weeks? Um, good question. I would love to say I'm planning a vacation, but I am not. I got a lot of work to do. I think a lot of it's going to be via the inauguration next week. Yes, inauguration's coming up, um, which is very exciting because then, you know, again, then you'll you'll go back to, you know, chapter two and and go from there. And kind of like I said, you're going to bring clout a little bit more. Is there any teaser or any ideas that the listeners in Los Santos can can be a part of? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that. One thing that we're looking at is sort of the idea of the classic career criminal and sort of the criminal of pop culture. Because I think, like, there have been times Ooh. where outlaws and, you know, criminals are very, like, sexy and celebrated in American culture. You know, like, we still love stories like Billy the Kid and Bonnie and Clyde uh, and these, you know, rebels. So I think sort of covering, like, I think the pendulum is swinging back towards that. I think, you know, uh, the last maybe, like, decade, not so people didn't love that idea so much, but I think people are coming around on it. I think pirates and criminals and all sorts of narrative yeah. wells are coming back. And I love examining why these rogues sort of, like, fascinate us so much in pop culture. Yeah, I really like that idea, and I feel like it's going to be an interesting, interesting take, just because it's kind of something that has not been brought to the forefront. And so I feel like I, it's going to be very interesting to see the different people react to it. Oh, absolutely. All right. But that's part of the fun is seeing sort of what's happening out there, and it's very much your point of view. It's it's something you believe, and you're just like. You know, it's very vulnerable, but it's out there. And that's, that's me, unmistakably me. And I, I love that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do love that um, side, just because it kind of, like I said, um, it's going to bring, I mean, some people are going to enjoy it. Other people are going to, you know, be, um, it's going to be like their first time, you know, you know, seeing something like that. And so it's just going to be like an interesting take of what's what people are going to think once once it comes out um so kind of just wrapping up one of the last segments that i you know really like to kind of end things with with our podcast is i like to teach people and i love to talk in spanish every single week i will allow my my guest of honor to teach people something in spanish obviously you'll let me know what you want to learn and then i'll translate it and get people from Los Angeles to learn something new. So I am very excited for this. Yes. What is something that you would like the people of Los Angeles to learn today? Uh, can we do something? Let's do something related to fashion. Um, you know, like here are fall's hottest outfits. Ooh, here are fall's hottest outfits. Alright. So fall in Spanish is called Otono. Okay. So Otono is kind of just like it's it's a very weird because it kind of just feels like like rough <laughs> like otono you know where it's just kind of like I feel like the Spanish language is very like expandable and very you know very flowy like vamos a hablar hoy de flores you know whereas just kind of like fall is just like otono like oh so. <laughs> it's kind of like a 
like when I learned French a little bit ago, like French, you're sweat, you could cuss someone out. Then French just sounds beautiful and elegant. Spanish is a little bit in between. It's got that flow, yeah? But like, yes. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's a lot more. Oh, uh, Odona. All right. Uh, okay, Odona? So, uh, is so, that right? So you said, here's, here's falls what? Uh, hottest outfits. Hottest outfit. Okay. So <laughs> you're going to have to repeat after me. Okay. Okay. So aquí están is here. So aquí están. Aquí están. Los atuenos. Los atuenos. Más caliente. Más caliente. De las caídas. De las caídas. De otono. De otono. <laughs> so aquí están los atuenos más calientes de las caídas de otono. Is basically okay. what is what is gonna you know what what you're saying in English but translated in Spanish. We learned something new. That is awesome. We Thank learn you. Something new every week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I will listen to every episode and I will become fluent. And the next time yeah. you have me on, I, I will just you know <laughs> I'll be I'll be good. <laughs> yes, we'll be good. You'll be fluent. We this podcast will literally be made in Spanish. No English at all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll just listen every week and we'll be good. So I actually wanted to thank you so much for being part of this first episode. We are wrapping up. But Bex, before we go, where can the people of Los Santos find you and where can they contact you? You know what? This is awesome because there is actually in your phone a government app. And if you load that up, I am in there. I am State Rep B. Lawson. Um, you can literally call me anytime you see me in the city for anything. There's not really a problem too small. Even if you're just like, you know, I don't love this. You know, that's fine. I, I love hearing what you don't love because maybe then we can we can fix it. And like, you know, I'm always here to listen. Don't ever feel like you're bothering me. Seriously, I'm, I'm li there's literally an app for you to find me. So that's nice and simple. Um, and if you find me on Twitter at, at Bex Lawson, I will hopefully be announcing uh, more details about things like the next iteration of Kraken's Cove and Clout um, is second issue. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. That is exciting. So everybody, go ahead and just call Bex right now. The moment you hear it, just call her because she said, call whenever you want i'm just kidding <laughs> if it's 3 a.m you know what you just i gotta honor my word you gotta call me <laughs> you gotta call her right here right you now you have to do it <laughs> well i wanted to thank you so much for coming and you know i hope to see everybody next week with talking in latina bye